We just got back from talking to people we don't know about abortion, and now we're debriefing. Join us. We are Created Equal, and we're inviting you to debrief with us. Hey, y'all. I'm Lexi. Hey, everyone. It's Seth, and today is another one of those very practical conversations that I bet a lot of people listening, Lexi, are going to relate to because we're talking about family pressures, and when you're talking about abortion, when you're changing your mind about abortion, how that can affect you. So I think it'll be a very important dialogue. And who better to join us to talk about family pressures than the lady in the office who is growing her family as we speak. Literally right now in the room. (laughs) Miss Lizbeth. Thank you, Lizbeth, for coming on. No problem. Are you going to explain that? Yeah, I guess. Well, maybe a little confusing. There are three on the microphone, but there's someone else hidden. Not our producer, Maggie. Who is it? A child inside of her womb. (laughs) Um, So how far along? Congratulations, Lizbeth. Thanks. Ten and a half weeks. Ten and a half weeks. So she uh, has an embryo inside of her. Four Mm -hmm. days from now, she will have a fetus inside of her. Big graduation uh, moment this weekend. (laughs) What are you doing to celebrate your baby's transition from embryo to fetus? I have no idea. Maybe a little birthday cake. I don't know. Yeah. So if you're listening, send Lizbeth a birthday and Silas, yes, her, her husband. Please do. And the baby. I will enjoy the birthday cake. Baby will enjoy the birthday cake. Yep. Yes. So, I mean. But it's I, not a birthday yet. But no, but you know, you have birthday maybe, cake for maybe fun a congratu- celebrations. Uh, congratulations. Like on your graduation. Like a cake that just cake. says congratulations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah but we still call that. those birthday cakes, don't we? Okay. I don't know. This is a I side don't. note, but on, on this note, this reminds me, I've seen a lot of people holding signs saying, Yeetus the fetus. What does that mean? That means like throw the fetus. Yeetus means throw? Like yeet, like have you ever, oh, Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. Yes, yes. Oh, I, no. I've, this is Seth. <laughs> this is me learning words. No, yeet. Okay, yeah. That's like. It, I have heard that. Okay, I have so heard it's that. a very disgusting yes. thing. They're it's just a pro-abortion very... thing to clarify for listeners. It's not pro-lifers holding this sign. So yes. I just wanted to ask <laughs> that now. Anyhow, congratulations oh. soon to your embryo to become fetus. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> well, that's really exciting. But anyways, so we will be talking about families today. Um, this is Lizbeth's first child for anybody who wants to know and cares. So she is growing <laughs> her family. Okay. Anyways, anyways, um, you were outside of a high school last week and um, you talked to... I'm guessing, presuming a few people, but we're going to focus on one girl today. I actually, she was the only person that I talked to. Oh, wow. Okay. She talked the whole time. How long were y'all talking for? Probably 30 minutes at least. Okay. Nice. So she drove by, she saw you, kind of give us a little rundown of y'all's interaction. Yeah. So she actually went to a different high school, she told me, but she lives nearby this high school. And so I don't know if she had like ridden her bike past earlier or something. It sounded like she intentionally came out on her bike to talk to us. She like slammed on her brakes right in front of me. (laughs) It kind of freaked me out. Um, But she was very friendly. She just wanted to hear our point of view. She said that she's pro-choice, but she likes to be open-minded and hear other people's points of view. And so she asked, so what do you think about abortion? That's super cool right there, that um, open-mindedness interest. I don't find many people want to escape the echo chamber. I mean, I I think we often want to hear what the pro-abortion side is saying, but I find very few who are uh, not pro-life who are interested in this. That's really cool. Already speaks well of her. Yeah, I thought so too. And recently we'd had so many high schools where they just wanted nothing to do with us, just yelled at us, kicked our signs. So this was a very refreshing change. So persevere if you're listening. There are hard seasons that come and go, so... Don't well, yeah, up. and then you'll have a girl ride up to you on her bike and slam her brakes and think <laughs> that you're about to get beaten up or something like that, and she just really wants to know your position on yep. abortion. <laughs> it's like a gift, so that's actually really nice. So, okay, so she came to you, wanted to know what your thoughts were. Obviously, 
I'm guessing you shared your thoughts <laughs> and what were her thoughts? What was her stance on abortion initially? Yeah. So I shared the just basic pro-life syllogism. I was like, well, I think it's always wrong to intentionally kill innocent human beings. You can see from these pictures that abortion does that. Therefore, I think abortion is always wrong um, and explained how, you know, explained a little bit about human equality that for sure these embryos and fetuses differ from us in some significant ways, but we also differ from toddlers. We differ from elderly people in those ways. And so that doesn't justify killing any of us. Um, and I think at that point she said, like, yeah, I, I get that. Um, and then brought up several very common objections. She brought up foster care because she has a friend who's in foster care and having, um, you know, a hard time through that. Mm -hmm. um, she brought up overpopulation um, and just in general that it's the woman's choice, whatever she's going through. We don't want to invalidate um, her suffering and, and what she's going through. And so she knows what's best for herself. Interesting. So she kind of hit like all the points that you would probably yeah. think somebody would talk about. Mm -hmm. um, but where the family part comes in um, is after y'all's conversation. So kind of let everybody know what was that? What was the y'all said goodbye? Oh, wait. Sorry, play the Seth. clip. There's a clip to play, right? Oh, I should play. Yeah, we should definitely play the clip. <laughs> yeah, Thank so, you, Seth. Uh, we'll we'll get track. to it, I think. But yeah, let's hear <laughs> let's hear a clip of the audio. Elderly people are taking a lot of resources, a lot of money, a lot of food, a lot of medical care. Why shouldn't we kill them? Get more people off the earth. I mean, I never really thought of it that way. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not proposing that we kill elderly people, yeah. right? That's horrible. But I'm saying if we wouldn't kill a certain group of people who's honestly taking maybe the most resources of any group of humans, why should we kill these other people? Okay, that music is very dramatic. <laughs> it seems like a movie scene we're dropping yes. into she with this dialogue. She had a speaker playing on her backpack for the entire time, and it was a little distracting. <laughs> but we were not the ones who added that music. No, no. it just highlights the drama, <laughs> Anyways, though. so yes. um, this was jumping into the clip where she was um, asking you about overpopulation, yeah, I presume. this was probably halfway through the conversation. So you can tell I'm being a little playful, a little facetious, and like okay. a little sassy, like, oh, how will we just bomb nursing homes, kill all the elderly people? Because we had already established a good relationship at that point. Um, and she really paused and thought about that and I was like wanting to clarify I'm not suggesting that we do yeah. this because she's like oh I never thought about that um but <laughs> well I, I think like, sometimes that's not my suggestion we toss those illustrations out there and we don't honestly sometimes I think people are not going to reflect on them because usually my yeah. illustrations I don't care about that but she was pausing to really think about it yeah. and that's why I think you felt the need to express I'm not suggesting we do this but she's really <laughs> just analyzing oh I get it yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, she did that a couple times where she would just pause for a few seconds and I have a hard time with silence and outreach conversations. They feel like 10 times as long as they actually are. Mm. But if I just shut up and listen <laughs> and let them come to their own conclusion, it always turns out better than when I cut in. So um, yeah, that happened a few times where she just really paused and thought about something was like, oh yeah, I never thought about that. Or hmm, yeah, that's something to think about. That's one of the top three lessons for anyone in outreach. First one for me was always ask questions and not just talk. That was super yeah. important. Then I realized shutting up is the most important <laughs> yeah. second lesson. Let them talk. Ask your question and shut up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and so that kind of shows you like she was from the start. She went to go talk to Lizbeth, didn't even go to that school. So she, you yeah. already know she's mm. more open yeah, interested. Um, and interested. And then as we continue with the story, like she... Uh, was serious about wanting to know the truth or wanting, you know, figure out her opinion and her beliefs. So mm -hmm. that's good that um, we can recognize that sometimes people in conversations like look like they rather do anything other than talk <laughs> to you. But then there's some moments right. like this where she is interested in hearing your position and interested in really contemplating it for herself. So 
getting yeah. in that room to be able to talk. And I think the conversation only ended because we were packing up because it was time to go. Otherwise, I think she would have stayed for a long time, probably. Oh, wow. <laughs> so how did it end? Um, so what was, was her demeanor and were her thoughts? Yeah. Um, so we had already talked through multiple objections and I just tried to keep bringing it back to, but this is a human being, right? Because she agreed on that. And it's, at one point, I forget the exact quote, but she even said, yeah, I know it's a human. I know it's a baby, but, and then went on to say, you know, something about the women's rights because it's, it's her body and, you know, just prioritizing the, whatever the woman is going through. Um, so it was a good time for the conversation to end because it just wasn't worth keeping going through mm -hmm. multiple situations. Um, so I just tried to bring it back again to, well, what is this? This is a human being, right? Is there ever a circumstance where it's okay to kill a human being? Would you ever advocate for a mother to kill her newborn child because of these situations that you're going through? She said that she was taking some early childhood education classes. Um, and so that was a cool thing for us to like have, I mean, it's not common ground because I'm not doing that, but like be able to recognize oh yeah, okay, so you really care about kids, you care about their mm -hmm. parents, and you care about how kids grow up because you want to help them thrive. Mm -hmm. um, and so we were able to kind of use that and say, so when a mother is struggling with you know, bonding to her newborn or struggling to care for her toddler, what do you do? Do you get her resources or do you kill the baby? <laughs> and obviously she's like, oh, we'll get her resources. Um, and so we were able to compare back to abortion. And again, she kind of paused and was like, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. So by the end of the conversation, I handed her a brochure, um, and said, you know, earlier in the conversation, she had said that, oh, my mom and I like to talk about this. We're on the same side. We're both pro-choice, but we like to be open-minded and hear other points of view. So I, at the end of the conversation, handed her the brochure and I was like, well, hey, talk to your mom about this. Our basic argument is inside this brochure. So just keep thinking about it and you can contact us if you have questions or thoughts later. Um, and so she said, thank you. And thanks for the conversation. And then rode her bike home. So at that point, though, if you were to summarize, like, so she walks in the conversation pro-choice and she's leaving, though, with one being pro-choice, 10 being pro-life. Where would you put her on the spectrum? Because I think a lot of people, you know, it's binary. I think they're either pro-life or pro-choice. We know truly that is a situation of binariness. You either are against the legal killing of innocent babies or you're against, I say against, against it or you're in favor, or, right? Yep. Two yep. options here. But people's mindset or worldviews are kind of fluid and changing. So where would you put her from one being pro-choice to 10 being pro-life when she walked away from you? Yeah, when she walked up, probably a three or four on the pro-choice, probably a three. Um, because she was not like rabidly pro-abortion, but mm -hmm. she was, you know, for women having the choice if they, quote, needed it. Um, by the end of the conversation, she was probably a seven, I would say. Oh, wow. Okay. So I knew that she had not changed her mind. She was um, thinking through the arguments and you could see that she was maybe shifting her perspective to have more compassion for the babies and not just compassion or, you know, kind of fake compassion mm -hmm. for the mothers. Um, but yeah, I knew she had not I was under no impression that she had like completely changed her mind or anything. So leading off of that, so she left, rode her bike away. <laughs> you didn't know if you would ever speak to her again. Yeah. Um, and she actually sent us a message on Instagram mm -hmm. about an hour later after you left. Um, oh, was that recent afterward? I well, mean, actually, soon. her first message, now that I'm looking at it, was about 15 minutes oh. after we oh, had the conversation. <laughs> yeah, and she, she just said, hi, I'm a high school student. Um, reference that she talked to me and um, she said, and, well, I talked to a woman named Elizabeth today and she has helped me reevaluate my opinion on abortion. Is there some way that I can help as a high school student? 
Wow. Wow. Okay, that's cool. Sorry, go ahead, Lexi. No, I, that's just like crazy after 15 minutes. So I'm guessing like yeah. on yeah. her bike ride She's home, riding actually, bike home. She's like thinking, thinking like, okay, now- The I'm, wheels are turning literally and figuratively. Yes, thank you, Seth. Yeah, to have the dad joke <laughs> thank in you. there. And, um, so she drove home, was thinking about this, and not only maybe did she change her mind, or, or we don't even know if she completely changed her mind on abortion, but she had such a shift that she actually wanted to- do something we yeah. talked to so yeah. many people who are pro-life cl- claiming that they believe all abortion is wrong that they should they believe it should be illegal yet they have zero care to move mm. be moved to action yeah. um, and it's like pulling teeth trying to get people to do stuff and this yeah. girl you talked to her for a few minutes um after she was already for abortion and her family's for abortion and she's driving home already wanting to know what she can do as a high school student, you know, as a teenager to protect the babies in the womb. So that is incredible in and of itself. Yeah. Then the surprises just continue. One hour later, um, she messaged again and said, not meaning to bother you guys, but my family has become upset with my choice to rethink abortion. And I was wondering if anyone had any advice for me because it's upsetting to be called gross and mean things by your own family. Oh, that is so awful. <sighs> this is really sad. And I so mean, this is coming from her family, you know, whether her mom or other siblings or yeah. dad, who she told me is so open-minded that they uh, like to talk yeah. about abortion and, and hear the other side. Yeah. I think she's learning what is the sad reality. There are some issues we are, people are not open-minded on issues are kind of sacred cows in your worldview and abortion is one of them and her mom who claims to be open-minded with her and they have that relationship of it yeah. she's crossing a line though where is abortion seems more important to her mom than her daughter's relationship mm-hmm. well and i think also sometimes people can just get on the defensive really fast if her mom mm-hmm. is so or her whole family is so uh, for abortion and there's any ounce that their daughter is maybe going to um challenge them on that like people think about us without even talking to us, they think, oh, we're judging them. Oh, we think we're better than them. That list goes on and on and on. Um, the things they think about people who are pro-life. So if your daughter is turning into one of these radical pro-lifers or the possibility of her mm-hmm. turning into that um, is probably terrifying to yeah. them. These people are taking away women's rights. Like if you're looking anywhere on the news right now, that pro-life people... Um, in their view, hate women. Um, we want to strip, we want to go back in time. We want to, um, take away women's rights. Um, we don't actually care about anybody. We don't actually care about children. We want, uh, we don't care if children are suffering in foster care systems, if they get adopted into bad families, none of that matters to them. So I can understand where, um, she would think, oh, my daughter's kind of getting drifted away. Like we would think if like mm-hmm. one of our family well, members getting pulled into Elizabeth's something wrong. embryo comes home someday. <laughs> and, and says so she's open, changing her mind on abortion or he we don't know if this is a boy or a girl right mm-hmm. i mean that would be as you say lexi very a terrifying experience to think my child is now moving to a worldview totally opposite from mine mm-hmm. but how should a parent respond i mean that's the question right like you don't start calling your kid bad names i hope not Exactly. I mean, I don't think that they have, which is the difference between Lizbeth and the, right. her mom, <laughs> um, the, the high school student's mom. And 
probably a lot of people who are pro-life because we understand that our position is right um, mm-hmm. and we don't have to get angry about it whenever right. other people disagree with us, um, but because we can be confident in the evidence, we can be confident in our stance, um, we can also be loving to people who we don't agree with. So, um, But I think it's really hard for her. She even asked us, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for everybody who has family members who um, are disagreeing with them on abortion, um, or are calling them bad names because you're doing pro-life outreach or because you're outspoken on social media about your uh, pro-life convictions. What do you do? Uh, let's go to Seth. Seth, what do you? What would you direct them to? No, Seth. Let's not go to Seth. <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was processing something. I missed the question. <laughs> okay, well, what Start do with, you do? Okay, what's the question? Okay, the question is... <laughs> I was making a note here about, oh, I should make that comment later on. And then I totally missed the question. <laughs> no, Sorry. It's okay. What do you do or what would you give any advice to people who have family members who are pushing back against their pro-life position? Yeah, well, I think what you said is really important here. Um, this There is something personal going on here. And so we know that when people are upset, um, the, the their anger, their frustration with us personally does nothing to change the argument against abortion. So we're resting this argument on something objective that abortion is wrong because, as Lizbeth said earlier, it intentionally kills innocent humans. However, we do know that family brings a lot of baggage into the situation. Um, So uh, it's a lot easier for me to talk to thousands of strangers in outreach about abortion than to talk to one family member or close friend who disagrees with me on either abortion or our methods of how to respond to abortion. That's hard. So I'd say just maybe recognize this. For this high school student, if she were listening or anyone who has family members who disagree with you, recognize that their frustration with you does not change the rightness or wrongness of your position, but then recognize that you need to find a way to try to finesse this relationship. And I would just say respond. If you're someone's being mean and hateful toward you, it's kind of like the inverse of um, Sean McDowell tells a story of he's a Christian apologist. When he told his dad, who's Josh McDowell, a Christian apologist, when they when he was young, he said, Dad, I'm not sure if I really agree with you that, that um, Christianity is the right worldview. And his dad said, I love you. You need to search this out, find what is true, not just reject Christianity because you don't like it. Believe what is true. And I think the inverse of that is if you have someone in your, your life saying, you know what, I dislike what you're doing about abortion. I, re- I reject you in my a relationship because of your position. Respond by saying, you know what, you may disagree with me. I still love you. Mm-hmm. And it's, insofar as you're able, make sure they know that relationship between you and them is stable in spite of your disagreement on the issue. Exactly. That's really good advice. And I think I have a little bit of experience with family members who um, are in support of abortion. Obviously, um, some of us, I mean, everybody, I guess, has some uh, mm-hmm. portion very, of that, degrees. varying degrees yeah. of family who disagrees with um, what we do, especially as we are doing this for our jobs. <laughs> um, <laughs> it can be a little um, murky challenging. sometimes. So yeah, what, what have you learned, Lexi? What can you tell all the listeners? Um. To be honest, it really got brought up more whenever I initially started doing pro-life outreach back before I even uh, worked at Created Equal was when I had the initial conversations with family members who disagreed with me thinking, oh no, what on earth is, what is she getting into? (laughs) Um, And I didn't have anything where people were like name calling to my face. I'm sure there are mean thoughts thought about me behind (laughs) my back, Um, but I, I think it's just being calm, just like how I talk to really anybody. Obviously, there's a greater like uh, relationship at stake with this, but um, you really can only de- 
you can determine what you say, but you can't determine the outcome of the relationship as it goes forward. There are always things we're going to have to sacrifice in life when we're standing up for things that are right. Um, Especially as Christians, we understand that there may be relationships severed, but we need to say everything in love and we don't want those relationships to end. So Mm. I basically just said, um, defended my pro-life position um, the same way I would defend it to anybody, but um, also with a lot of gentleness and wanting to hear them out. But I feel like we do that on college campuses. So it wasn't a really big shift. The only difference is you can't get your feelings hurt or you can't take it personally. They may make it personal to you. They may be like, who even are you? I don't even know who you are anymore. Um, but our identity isn't even found in our pro-life convictions. Our identity is found in Christ and it's not even found in who they perceived you were before you became pro-life. So you kind of just have to, um, in my belief, not put too much weight into what other people think about you, even if they're somebody you love a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you think about that, Elizabeth? Those are great points. Um, one last thought I had is I think it's helpful to recognize that often the defensiveness comes from, maybe just something in the back of their mind, a little inkling that maybe they know that they might be wrong Yeah. because I know I'm defensive if I'm not sure of my position. And so I overreact because I want to, you know, really defend my position and myself because I feel attacked. And so, like you said, it's really important to not give them any reason if possible to feel attacked. Yes. Um, at least not feel attacked personally. Um, you know, we have to graciously attack their arguments, but yeah, I think recognize that the defensiveness might be coming from a little doubt in their mind. And so sometimes it's enough to just, you know, say one thing, say your simple defense of your position and that you'd love to talk more about it with them in the future and that you still love them and that nothing in your relationship has changed, even if they disagree with your position. And then that can sometimes leave the door open for future conversations when they're more ready. Exactly. And I actually saw on our new website, let's talk abortion.com. Um, Seth, made the whole website so well, actually Elizabeth and I worked on it together so oh, oh my goodness well, Seth made it I just proofed it which is a very important job that is very <laughs> when I'm throwing words out my mouth I got someone's got to proof them all <laughs> that's awesome okay well I guess we have both of the founders of let's talk abortion we go. on this podcast right now y'all um anyways but one thing you say I just from reading uh portions of um, what people should do in conversations. It's, it's For anybody who doesn't know, it's a conversation navigator helping you walk through conversations about abortion um, with anybody you want to talk to. Um, and you say a lot of times make, especially talking to children is when I was reading this, but make the conversations short. You don't have mm. to prolong it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so especially when you're talking to family members, don't have you don't have to sit down and have a two hour long discussion about right. this. Mm-hmm. This will come up, especially if you're doing pro-life outreach or if you're posting things online about being pro-life. These things will come up often enough. You can even just say a few sentences back and forth to each other ask a simple question back to them. You don't have to drag out this conversation thing. This relationship is going to end unless we decide our positions right now. It's it's not that way. Really just take the long view, um, especially when you have a relationship with somebody. It's not even like you're out at outreach where you only have this a certain amount of time to um, say what you want to say, and then you'll probably never see this person again. You'll probably see this person for the rest of your life. So <laughs> right. take a deep breath ask a few questions if you want, but don't feel the burden of having to say all these things. And no, you can bring it up later on if you would like. Well, in this conversation, it's a perfect example of that because 
uh, you might feel the pressure to close the sale, right? Mm-hmm. I've got to get them to say, my family member, whoever it is, you're, I'm pro-life now. Lizbeth left this conversation without the sale being closed. We didn't know she changed her mind, but she changed her mind so strongly. She went home and told everyone in her family about it and got herself into hot water. So you don't have to do that. And why? Because you can rest in God's providence that he will use truth. You're not the only resource he has. You're one of many resources to bring people to truth. I forgot what I was going to say earlier. <laughs> that's what happens like, when I just start wow. rolling. All right. Well, anyway. Pregnancy brain, right? Hashtag. All right. Well, that's a, a, I think this is an important conversation because you should be encouraged if you're listening and you have family members who do not agree with you. There is hope. Or if you're going outreach or having conversations and you think, well, no one is changing their mind, there's hope for you too because a lot of conversations, there are so many more mind changes on abortion than we are at all aware of. So be encouraged by this. And on that note, I have two points of call to action for you. So number one, please pray for for Amanda, this student, because we know she is now in a hard spot right now where her family is disagreeing with her. And when you have some truth in your life and there are forces around you, um, sometimes those forces come in very, very strong. And so pray for her that she would not only be solidified on her view on abortion, but that this would um, reveal greater truths to her beyond as well. And secondly, um, I don't know if it's too late. I'm not sure when this will air, but it's probably still time for you to come to our day of action. So go to createequal.org slash action. Come join us. Uh, I think we said before that Sam Say, Christian blogger, activist will be there. Also, Michael Spencer of Project Life Voice, Pastor Matt Keller of Cross Point Church. It's an exciting time this year talking about how to seek justice in these confusing days of turmoil. So join us there. And until then, come again next week. Come again. I always say that. Open your app again next week. <laughs> to again, listen. Y'all. Come again, y'all. <laughs> Open your app and listen to us again next week because we'll be here again we are as you know created equal thank you for joining us this has been the debrief